So a little bit different setup again. Um, wanted I was going to get my grandmother, Jackie Fiore, on the podcast. I had to go up and help her out with a couple of chores. So that's where we recorded this, but realized that um, once we got up to her house, which is about an hour away from us, that I didn't put my microphone in. So instead of recording the entire thing on Audition, we recorded it just on the computer on GarageBand, and then um, I'm inputting it all into Audition now. But just wanted to give you guys a heads up that this one is a little bit different. Again, um, talked a lot about a lot of good things. Um, Dom was also on this episode because he went up and helped me out with the chores. So I hope you guys enjoy. Should be a good conversation. Um, the three of us probably talk more than anybody in the family. And uh, this is no exception. So this will be episode 31 with my grandmother, Jackie Fiore. And there you go. Oh, Ed fixed the the dog threw up the other day, and he fixed it with Windex. Um, there you go. That was the only thing that we had, though. <sighs> okay, circle of trust. Are we gonna hold hands and sing Kumbaya? No, but I feel like out of anybody else in the family, the three of us talk the most. Kumbaya. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma gets to be on this episode, so I'm gonna be on this episode too. Oh. <laughs> She's not just observing. There is no live studio audience. Why <laughs> oh, did you see Will and Grace went off the air? Again? Again, but okay. it was the farewell season. Oh well I know that, but I thought they were gonna have more episodes than that. I wanted to see what the babies look like. Oh well, they're done. What show yeah. are you talking about? Will and Grace. Oh, I thought that they were gonna finish the baby. I thought they were gonna finish the season at least. No, they they did like a what it, what what went into creating the last season episode for the last one, but that was it. That sucks. The the last episode that we were watching was pretty funny with uh, Jack. I don't know. What did you think of that having a gay son with Will and Grace when it first came out? Well. I know everybody says I have a gay son, but to me, he's just my son. I yeah. never really, I mean, you know, you love who you love. And, uh, I mean, I've known he was gay forever, and he's in a happy marriage, so fine with me. I don't, you know, Yeah. I don't see it as any different, I, you know. Um I just didn't know if you liked the way that they portrayed the people, if you thought that it was a little bit too stereotypical and over the top or anything like that. Um, uh, not really, but then I guess, I don't, I don't think I ever really thought about it. I thought it was done pretty well. Um, yeah. I, I enjoyed Will and Grace, so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I. Nice toast. Yeah, you're definitely Jack. <laughs> That's that was funny because when Kyle and I were down in Gunnison, 
we would just look up the videos of him entering the room because that's the best part of the show half the time is when Jack comes over to the apartment. Does this mean that you're not making us breakfast? Because that's kind of the only reason why we're here. <laughs> well, <laughs> and you know, he's he's such a great comedian. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, yeah. <laughs> and think... he's actually even a great host because he took over hosting for Ellen several times. Oh, and he did a great job. It was, uh, he did a, yeah, he's a good host. He kind of hits me like a Neil Patrick Harris type. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder, because Neil Patrick Harris was always the host of, like, the Tony Awards and yeah. stuff like that. I don't know if he did that or not either. But. He might. I know that he's probably been in a stage production. I think him and Eric McCormick are actually gay in real life, too. The guy who played Will. Mm, I think he's married. Huh. I think. You have to verify <coughs> those. That, you have yeah. fact check that, <laughs> would you? Jujulet. This is why I need to hire a, a producer <laughs> so that they can just look stuff up for me. And I don't have to do it myself. Are is Eric? I'm sure that it's one of the first things that searched Eric McCormick. And he did a good job playing that part too. Yeah, <clears throat> like like Jimmy thought. I thought he was gay in real life, honestly. <clears throat> um, no, Eric McCormick is not gay. Thanks. Eric McCormick was the guy who played Will. Yeah. He yeah. That is interesting thinking about because uh, they started, when did the AIDS epidemic kind of slow down? Mm. Because I know that the show started in the 2000s. Early 90s, yeah. I think. Nine. Late 90s, early 2000s, because I think it was after Friends um, or in, in the middle of Friends, so maybe mid-90s. Because I was still, I was working at the hospital then, and I worked at the hospital through... 97. That would, it would be interesting to see if they would be, they could obviously make a show like that today, but I don't know what the climate would have, was like when that first came on. Because they always talk about how it was such a groundbreaking show, and I can assume that it is, but since I, I mean, I don't have any memories really of all the discrimination for gay people, but I know that it was a big problem and that having the show on the air was huge for everybody it yeah it was it was um it was very sad i think we treated blacks and gays horribly mm-hmm. um and you know when i was younger and growing up everybody wanted to go see as example sammy davis jr and yet he was not allowed. He would go to the places and play, but he was not allowed into the restaurants mm-hmm. or anything he like that. He would still come in through the kitchen and all that. Exactly. And, you know, that's, uh, and it was the same thing, you know, um, They def- gays were definitely in the closet for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you think about it, it's, it's pretty sad. It is. It's really sad that we take a certain group of people and treat them so, so abhorrently. Just it's just wrong. Yeah. And I think now too with this pandemic, it's really showing. You know, who who is most affected? Um and it's sad. It really is sad. Mm-hmm. I hope 
that we learn from this. When this is over, whenever that's going to be, I hope that we've learned something and that who are essential and who actually does the work. In my opinion, trickle-down economics doesn't work. No. Um, I think it's the middle class who has actually kept this country going for all these years. And I think that's going to come back and people are going to see, yeah, you know, it, these are the people that work. These are the people that, um, you know, they work for their money, they spend their money, they keep the economy going. And I think that's going to show up to, after this is done. Yeah. So, and I don't know. I hope that we learn from it. <clears throat> I do too. But then when I think about all the different things that I see on the news and everything, I feel like we don't. Because um, what I remember reading and studying about, because I did that project in middle school about the 28th Amendment and mine was to legalize gay marriage. And a lot of the stuff was the misinformation and the different, because people were afraid of them and people treated them that way because straight people thought that they could get it from unprotected heterosexual sex as well um well but now there even with the pandemic thing there's a lot of i there's good and bad of everybody and that's what i try and think of like when we were talking about the nursing homes before we um ate lunch today was i when i was with abby i knew that she was taking good care of people that she was working with in nursing homes but there's obviously a ton of people who wouldn't do what she was doing and just like how I want to be a journalist and I'm hopefully never going to have to resort to sensationalizing something that doesn't have a bit, as big of an effect or misleading somebody so that people will click on my stuff. But there's a ton of people that I think are doing that. The Today Show, and I don't know how you feel about this, but when they had the uh, the guy who was diagnosed with COVID and had him on while he had COVID, I feel like all that was there to do was just reinforce, hey, we should be scared of this. We we still need just it was just almost like a horror story. Like, hey, look at this. This is this is bad, and and he's in a lot of trouble. But it wasn't a solution. It was just this sucks, and this is why it sucks, and this is why it's all bad. Okay, moving on. And I just don't I don't agree with that with with the journalism. And I think that was the problem with a lot of the AIDS stuff. I wasn't living through it, so I don't know a lot of it, but I think that's my main problem with everything right now. Well, during the, during the AIDS uh, issues, it was, they, it was considered strictly a gay disease. The only way you were going to get it was through transmission, sexual transmission. And that, that just wasn't true. Mm. And really... But they said that it was true before they knew that it wasn't true. Well, yeah. And then really, to be honest with you, Ryan White is the one who made the difference. Because Ryan White was this young boy who was not gay and found out that it was because... Um, Unprotected. No. Because of blood transfusions. Mm. So and then they kind of started looking at a lot more, you know, found out a lot more things. And that's why people, you know, a needle stick, mm -hmm. any kind of a blood, it, you know, you could catch it anyway like that. So needle sticks, um, that kind of thing, you were tested, you know, and if 
So, yeah, you know, they don't, they don't always know right from the beginning, and that's what's happening now with this pandemic. They don't know, and they're trying to find out, and they're on warp speed to find out. Um, you know, yeah, it's economically, it's killing us. Yeah. Will we come back? We've come back from so many things that I'd have to say we will come back. Will it take time? Absolutely. Uh, will it take hard work? For sure. Uh, but right now, it did, this shutdown did what it was supposed to do. And now, there are beds now. Mm -hmm. There are ICU beds for those that need them. Um, we're prepared. When it first started, we were not in any way, shape, or form prepared for the onslaught that we had. And now we're getting a little more prepared. Um, you know, if it comes back again stronger, we at least have beds. Um, more ventilators than we know what to do with. We have ventilators. We have uh, everything that we would need if this comes back like it did, we were so unprepared. And that and that's too bad. Because for every other any time there's a catastrophe or whatever you want to call it, like for instance the Korean War, you know, then people did other things. So in other words, whatever your business, whatever you were manufacturing, you it was like GM during World War II when instead of making cars, they made uh, whatever else they needed exactly. to. Exactly. Made, they made the bullets. They did everything. So they transferred over. And this was so late getting started. And that's, that's, a, that's a real problem. Yeah. A real problem. And when it comes to health, you know, it's... And when it's something like this that they don't really know, and all they're going to do is find out. Now... I don't get my information on the news. I don't listen to that. I go out and I get on medical things that I know that I trust. Mm -hmm. And that's where I get most of my information. Um, I think living here, we're very, we're very fortunate that we have a teaching hospital. So they'll be on the cutting edge. Um, we have some really good researchers. Mm -hmm that it wouldn't surprise me if there's a vaccine and and the vaccine comes from uh, research that's being done here. So I think, I think everybody has to just step back and this is what it is and then say, you know, well, we gotta move, we gotta push forward. We gotta get things moving, but I don't think you can just throw the whole country open either all at once no it's going to have to be a step-by-step -step process and those areas which this is another problem that we have is the tracing and testing because if you, if you could trace then you could test and you would be able to say okay this is a hot spot but over here this is okay we can go ahead and we can open this up 
might not want to do it right over here just yet. Mm -hmm. But until there is testing and tracing, and that means that the tests have to be uh, a good test. It can't be, you know, uh, it can't show po false positives or it can't show false negatives. It has to be a good test. So if it's going to take a little time to get that test up and running, then you're better off than throwing stuff out there that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I think part of the problem with throwing stuff out there that doesn't work is people are afraid of a test that they or a test or something that they think can help failing and they don't want to see it as a failure. Because I was before we came over this morning, both my parents were watching the news and my mom was watching uh, the Today Show, so that was more national, and my dad was watching Nine News. And uh, I think on Nine News they were saying that they're taking blood transfusions from people who have had the virus and then got better and have the antibodies and putting it into people that have the virus now. And they didn't want to start doing that because they were afraid that that was just going to make the person who had it sicker, but it's actually helping because those antibodies right. aren't naturally occurring. I think that also the going not being able being afraid to fail is bad and then uh I I don't know I think the main thing that caused the panic why everybody kicked back so hard against the shutdown and the quarantine was that it wasn't we we have never been put in a situation like that especially with something that we can't see right and you know yeah, well, you boys know, you you know that my grandmother died in the 1918 flu epidemic. Mm -hmm. And she was very young. She was in her 30s. And my mother was the oldest child of five. And my mother was 12. And uh, her youngest brother was three months old. And her youngest brother at three months old uh, was had an allergy to milk. So my mother had to quit school and help take care of the family and she would have to take him to a wet nurse several times a day for a long long time mm -hmm. and so i think i've done a lot of thinking about what that must have been like for them as a family and you know and to lose a parent and then within five more years after that to lose their other parent to pneumonia yeah. And so I think, you know, it, we can be a hardy bunch and uh, we'll come through this. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, me as an old, old lady, I would say, <laughs> I, you know, I'm careful. I'm not afraid to die. But however, there's a lot of things that I would still like to experience, for instance, my grandson's just graduated from college. Uh, that's something I wanted to be around for. Uh, my granddaughter is going to have a baby. I'll be a great grandmother for the first time. So I am careful. Um, I don't, I really don't need to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, I'm one of the fortunate ones. I have a nice house. I have food. I can go sit outside. I have walking trails around the neighborhood. Oh, yeah, there's plenty so, of people out in your neighborhood. Yeah. And a lot of them, I think, feel the same way that you do because we saw four or five people this morning walking without a mask, mm -hmm. and they're all of the age group that would have to. Right. What I said about, what I meant about 
everybody freaking out because we were told to do something and it was the first time that a lot of us that have have had our rights violated that way is it looking back on it now i think it could have been beneficial to say hey if you're at an elevated age it seems like this is tougher for people to come back from if you have asthma or any other other ailments that cause you to be immunocompromised you should really be worried about this take all the steps that you need to everybody wash your hands everybody be a little bit cleaner but if you feel well enough to keep going to work i think that could have been after the like i said after the two-week initial quarantine for everybody to get everybody kind of back into it send the people who we think could be at that risk that would be another time where we were afraid to fail because if we sent everybody who we thought was good to go back to work and then people did start dying again at that same pace then that would have been seen as a failure but we just passed worse worse economic status right now we're past the great recession of 2008 right and see and here's another failure that we have right now you know if people are not out there not going to work now would have been a perfect time to start working on our infrastructure Mm -hmm. you know the streets are empty there could have been a lot accomplished but instead everything is just laying idle oh yeah we talked a lot about how the european countries weren't ready for anything like this because they have all their those old buildings and they don't want to get rid of their history but as we were doing that we missed out on a chance that we could possibly have made ourselves better i agree with that you know, so I think, um, you know, do you ever get it 100% right? No. But I think in times like this, you really, really need strong leadership. Mm-hmm. And we don't have any leadership right now. And I'm giving my own opinion. I think that, um, you know, it's just... Um, it's a shame. It really is a shame. And, you know, it's almost like when you talk about failure, you know, I feel like the person at the top is failing us the most. And I say this because, um, you know, he doesn't do any of the things that they're telling us that we have to do. Dalton finished sophomore year. That's what that is. He's texting the family. It's kind of like a, you know, I think when this is all over, I believe that it's the governors who will probably take the biggest hit. And that's because whenever we have any kind of an issue, it it is a federal issue. And, you know, we shouldn't have had a problem getting masks. We shouldn't have had a problem getting ventilators because we could have done something so different, something that we've done for every other uh, catastrophe that we've had, whether it be a war mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, you always, we've always been able to, you know, say, okay, this is how it's going to be for a time. And yeah, we're all going to suffer. But here's another here's another thing that has really bothered me. And that's the uh the checks. What do you call it? Stimulus. The stimulus checks. Okay. Who do you think needs the stimulus checks the most? 
it's people who probably don't have bank accounts. So they're the ones that get it the most, and they're the ones who are not getting it. Yeah, and if they don't have a bank account, they probably won't be able to... I, you know, I mean, how long is it going to take? Well, you know... Also, I, that was a thing where we said we should do that, but nobody checked to make sure that we could be able to, because that's why it's right. taking so long for everybody, because, oh, we'll give everybody who did this $1,200. Yeah. Oh, crap. Uh, did you guys make sure that we had enough money to give everybody $1,200? Well, no. And, and here's the thing. Checks went out... To people who were deceased. And on the check, it says Joe Blow, deceased. That would be a problem. You know. Uh, you think he needs that? Uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think, you know. And so then, you know, they said, well, would you please send that back? Well, yeah, I'm going to send it back. But don't you think you better start watching what you're sending out? Because... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. You know, so that's that to me is is very sad. Yeah. And I I I don't know. I I think we'll come out of this. It's going to be a while and it might be a long while. But sometimes you just have to be in it for the long haul, so to speak. I think this is one of the first thing first things that at least my our generation, dominant generation, is gonna have to uh, realize how different every state is, because a lot of a lot of the times with us, even though we're so connected with everybody everywhere, we forget. And I think that's one of the better things for people to see now is that each state does have kind of its own personality. Yes. I taught the you listened to the podcast the other day when I was talking about that comedian who does the comedy skits, mm -hmm. where he does the personalities of all the different states. Um, as soon as we say we needed ventilators, half half the states went, oh, crap, what are we going to do? And then Massachusetts went, we'll make the ventilators. We'll give, who needs the ventilators? We have, we just did all this. Instead of worrying about it, we just went out and did it. But it, it is something, because we've even had conversations, and I had I talked about it with my mom when I called you guys for the sociology project. Yeah, you're supposed to be holed up in your house. Nobody's supposed to be here. But who's to say that something doesn't happen tomorrow, just like with Dom this morning, where you wind up, you wake up and expect one thing, and the guy who wasn't supposed to be dying anytime soon just happened to not wake up this morning. Nobody right. knows. Nobody knows. You don't know. And another thing that I think is uh, totally wrong Um these people that are going on capital steps gun with guns um that to me is very wrong i don't care whether you have a permit to carry or you don't have a permit to carry some things are just not okay mm -hmm. um and i you know my feeling is this what if let's just say that that group of people now, there was somebody in that group that had the virus, and now that whole group had the virus. What would happen if all these nurses and doctors were standing in the hospital behind locked doors, ro rolling around their stethoscopes and saying, too bad. Yeah. So, you see, it's just not, you know, and, and when you say that, you know, we don't have enough ventilators, 
Okay. A ventilator also takes a re respiratory therapist. So you have to have enough people yeah. to operate the ventilators. So. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of stuff. You know, it's a, it's a, it's, yeah. It's, it's a lack of empathy and it's a lack of perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, I, not that it wouldn't have happened anyways, just because of, like I said, I'm pretty opinion. I, I'm fairly opinionated. Lauren and I have argued about this because she has a different feeling at her house because her dad is 60 and her mom has underlying health issues that this could be bad for her. So they have different rules. I have different feelings about it. But it's once you're able to realize that you have a different perspective than somebody else and then have the empathy for it, that would be where we get to see the most benefit from this. Mm -hmm. The people going up to the Capitol steps with a gun lack the perspective that what they're doing could just be making things worse. They think that they're helping That's themselves right. because they took their gun and they're going to a place where they think is they're going to a place where they don't think that they care about them. It's not that they don't care about them. It's that they didn't know. Like, who who knows what the farmers on the Western Slope need no. when you're at the Denver Capitol? Nobody knows what's going on. Well, that's true. And, you know, when you are, whether you're setting up a business, whether you're in government, no matter where you are, if you are a boss or a leader of something, then you want to surround yourself with the best that you can have and that means all across the board mm -hmm. so when you have a secretary of this or a secretary of that or a secretary of something else you want it to be somebody who knows something about that field right. you could have a very very smart smart person but if they know nothing about what they're supposed to be doing you know. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> You're popular now. God, Does your phone ring that off no, as often doesn't. normally? It's all about the Fiore family. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So I think we have a, a lack of leadership from the top. And the people that the person at the top has surrounding him he made it so that he's the smartest one in the room of the most part are not leaders mm -hmm. um you know i think i think he thought running the government was like his tv show you're fired you're fired you're fired you're fired and you know it's just not like that yeah and i think um i don't i think that's that's hurting us right now yeah a lot and i think he's trying i think in the end the governors are liable to be blamed for what didn't go right because these he says well it's up to you it's up to you but really and truly he could have made it a lot easier to get the the stuff that they needed and the blame game my goodness He's got the blame game deference, down to a science. Deference and no humility is a very bad 
combination to have in a leader. I, I, I understand what you're saying with that. Yep. Because I had to do the same thing. I mean, I was disappointed that I didn't win an award like we have been for the radio station this past year. But um, going into the basketball season broadcasting, I've learned a lot. But I didn't know anything about basketball before I started broadcasting it. Right. So instead of making sure that I had somebody this year who was just there, going to be there to make me look good and make the broadcast, make me look good for the broadcast and somebody that would always look to me for something, I made sure to bring in people that had different perspectives, different experiences. I, I tell, I mean, I haven't told all of my siblings this because it's a recent thing that I've come up with. But when Kyle and I were down in Gunnison and talking, I said I would, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I am much happier with the accomplishments and I brag way more about anything that my siblings do than anything that I did. I would much rather have Dom won the state championship when he went there than for me to have a state championship ring when I couldn't play. Because I, if I am, I'm trying to be as successful as I am, as I can be because I'm a competitive person and I think that's a good thing about me. But I also, if I'm that competitive and that successful and I still end up being the least successful person around me, I feel like that's a win for everybody. I feel like that's good for me. That's good for my parents. It's good well, for... Well, and I think... Uh, you're all very, very bright. Mm -hmm. You're all overachievers. I think you'll all do well. I also think that there is empathy for others, and I think that's really important. I've always said, people have always asked me what, you know, I said, to, I'm very proud of my grandkids, and I'm very proud of all their accomplishments and everything, everything that they've done or will do in the future. But what I'm most proud of is the fact that they are genuinely good people. They are good citizens, and I think that's really, really important. And I think you are, all, all of you, mm -hmm. all seven of you are good citizens. I, I think your parents are good citizens. So that probably makes me the happiest of anything. Yeah, that's the... I think what you don't like about Trump is because his parents never said that he didn't have to be the best at something. I remember the first time that my dad told me that I didn't have to be the best at something is when I lost a drill in football and I ended up punching the kid because I lost. And he he pulled me aside and said, that's not something that you do. You You win and you lose, but you do your best and that's all you can do. I mean, you probably had similar experiences. You were... You were probably upset that you didn't win something. Oh, way too often. Just nobody's entitled to anything. <laughs> and when you lose, it makes winning that much better. All of, true. That's true. All of us. I mean, that's right. I mean, that's. I think that's why Zach is as happy as he is with his job because it took him that long to find that job. Right. Right. I think that's why I'm going to be happy with whatever I do when the when the podcast finally gets as big as I want it to, or I finally get a broadcasting job that I want. It's going to be nice because I I know that I put in the work at it and exactly. I know that I wasn't the best at it. No, I, I agree. I agree. And I think, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's all anybody could ask of you is to do your best. Mm -hmm. And in the end, I think you, you will all be successful in whatever it is that you choose to do. And you know, it's I find it amazing how 
how much alike and yet how different you all are. Mm -hmm. um, I think the, I like seeing the camaraderie that you all have together. And I'm glad that our family um, has stayed close mm -hmm. and is close and the cousins and everybody get along and, you know, think of one each, think about each other. We even brought um, Uncle Phil's daughter that lives in Michigan into the family group chat. And she was on our family FaceTimes during the quarantine. Right. Just because whether she's been around our entire time or whether she's that far away. I, I mean, every time that Zach and I talk, it ends up being a two or three hour conversation because right. we just legitimate, we genuinely care about everything that the other person has to say. Exactly. Exactly. So, I don't know. I think that if, because I, I unfortunately... The bad, the good and the bad part about the sociology classes that I took is that I got to learn why I'm, what makes me happy, makes like why stuff that I do makes me happy. But it, I also see that it's not even across everything. Uh, I took the social inequalities class and that was rough because I don't feel like we're, I mean, we're fairly privileged, but I didn't feel like we were the most privileged family. But then somebody, when we were struggling as bad as we were when we didn't have a house, somebody would have enjoyed being in that situation for us. And I think that's the tough part for everybody. And that's the tough part for having a country as big as we do and as diverse as we do, because for as good of good as all of our parents were, aunts and uncles and grandparents and all that stuff, there's a ton of people who have kids solely to punish them for everything that they didn't get in their life. See, now, I'll be honest with you. When I, when I thought of having kids, I, I really wanted to, uh, I really wanted to be a mother. And I didn't work all the time when I had kids. Mm. I, you know, I stayed home for a long, long time. And then when I went to work, I went to work part-time. And your grandfather was there to watch the kids when I wasn't. So they weren't farmed out. Um, and not saying that there's anything wrong with going to babysitters because all of my grandchildren have at one point or another, uh, you know, had someone else take care of them. But the thing is, you always try to get some, you know, someone who is going to have the same ideals that you do. Yeah. And will, you know, will do the things that you want would want to do had were you there mm -hmm. and i think you know when you talk about family you know it and when you talk about how rich or poor you are i think that when you have love in the family money it yeah you got to have money you have to have money to live on but you, you have so much more if you just have love and sharing in a family. Yeah. That, to me, is the most important thing. Yeah, very funny. You're supposed to be on the podcast. You're not even paying attention. I am paying attention, but I also knew that Grandma wanted to be on the podcast. So I, was I didn't really. Tell you that. I forced her into but it. But I'm like yeah. Jimmy. I like to talk. I, I was so. not, I was, I know I'm on here, but I wasn't trying to 
You can just chime <coughs> in every now and then. You don't have to be dominant in the conversation. <laughs> I just don't want politician dumb. Yeah, well, we're talking about this stuff, you might get politician dumb. I know. <laughs> That's always the joke. Anytime I turn the mic, Dom and I can have really deep, in-depth conversations about stuff as soon as the microphone comes out. Well, you know, I... I just feel it's pretty much, yeah, he gets the Obama <laughs> hand going and, oh no, that's the, isn't that the Clinton? I'm not, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I know. All I know is you're not supposed to point. So people go like this, or like this, and you're making a speech, because it's rude to point. Uh, but anyways. I'm glad you guys got to come over today to visit your old grandma. Yeah. Hope you didn't bring me the coronavirus. No. But yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> it should be the Sambuca virus for us. And I will tell you this, to be honest with you, it is very, very lonely when you uh, live by yourself and you are pretty much staying at home. It's, it's hard. It's very hard. Yeah. I don't think human beings were meant to be alone. Even sitting, and I mean, there's six of us in that house. Even with the six of us, there's times when it gets to be a little too much and you need to be alone. But there's also times when it's all, it almost feels like even though you're surrounded by all those people, you're a little bit alone. Yep. I experienced both of it because... Spring. I was home for spring break when all of it started, and then I had to go back. But by the time I went back, I was ready to go back because six people in the house, nobody was, they were just all getting their jobs. So we were all six of us plus the four dogs in the house all day. Yeah. That wasn't fun. But then when I went to went back and had to figure out how to entertain myself or there were some days where I didn't say anything, like, until noon or one when I went to go get lunch. But since nobody was in my room, I'd wake up, yeah. do whatever I needed to do. If I didn't, if I was listening to a podcast instead of listening to music, my I didn't use my voice until noon, which was weird because that's normally not what happens. Exactly. And, you know, some days the phone doesn't even ring. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you're lucky if you go outside and maybe there's a neighbor to wave to, but it's... Um, it's hard and it's strange, but you know, in the end, we'll get through it. Mm -hmm. I feel like we, we were, I knew we were too close to not see each other through the entire time, the stay at home order and, and all of that stuff. Um, there was no way that was ever going to happen. Yeah. So all of us would have gone crazy. Yeah, we would have pro probably been part of the protest if we couldn't see each other. But we've been smart about it. Uh, from so far, nobody's gotten sick. And then this is, I don't know. It, I don't know if this is me regularly or if it's just because I feel bad about everything with the virus. But I just, right now, I just like helping people. Yeah. That's why we came up today so that we could help you get whatever you needed done. It wasn't for the money. I would have done the work for for anything. The job was a job, and I was gonna do it. it takes up time. You get to spend people. Yeah. No, no pay. No pay. 
No money. Dang it. Uh, I screwed up. Way to go. Way to go, Jimmy. Why didn't you stop me? You can walk home. <laughs> it's my car. I don't care. I have the key. My name's on the title. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I can call the car stolen. Oh, no. And then you'll have real flashbacks. Oh, whatever. But that, uh, I think our family is a little bit different. And everybody's family is a little bit different. But I do enjoy the craziness and, and all of that. And it is nice. I think the main thing, the reason why everybody likes getting together is that we get to talk about what's going to happen after everything goes on. Because uh, Uncle Rick and Spencer, did they come both days when you guys were putting the shit up? Spencer came both days, but Uncle Rick only came on Saturday. Uncle Rick came up Saturday because he didn't have to work, and Spencer came up to help my dad and them build the shed. And once we were done with that, we were just sitting around, and um, I was telling him what sports I was going to coach Teddy in and what I needed to get better at to do that. Oh, I already called dibs on having him on my Little League football team, so... Like, if there was a draft, I already drafted him, even though he's not born yet. Who said that you got the first pick in the draft? I did, because I'm... I, okay. You know how the NFL draft works, right? Yeah. The person who's lost the most games gets the gets the top pick, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Blue Ribbon loser over here, let's go! <laughs> right? That's how it goes, right? Yeah, but okay. think about my college experience. Okay, I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about overall. Okay, yeah. I'm talking about overall, not just college. Yeah, overall, you definitely lost the most. But then my, I've had some pretty bad baseball teams, too. I played too many. I played way too many sports to you not have. You can have them for baseball. That's true. You did lose in most football games. Uh-huh. Yeah. So don't even, don't even try to pull that card on me. Now, wrestling, though, that's going to be a little bit of a toss-up. Yeah. Because I got all those de facto wins. <laughs> a W's a W in the rule book, Jimmy. <laughs> I know. That's the only thing that I'm not proud that you have over me. Got pinned six times, still got sixth place. <laughs> you don't even get the chance to get pinned six times, Don. <laughs> the worst you can get is pinned three times if you get a wrestle back. Two and Q, baby. <laughs> yeah, two and Q and end up with a Rocky Mountain Nationals medal. Yeah. <laughs> I was wrestling a weight class above that tournament, still won a match, and didn't get anything. <laughs> look, look. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Stupid little hook on the. Hey, whoever decided to put, like, belt loop hooks on the AirPod cases was not thinking straight. You could take the clip off. I'm going to, but... Grandma's I'm going to the bathroom, by the way. That's why she's not talking at the moment. I'm probably going to get a new one, because it's kind of a weird green. Maybe I'll get my AirPods tonight. This is not going to come out until next Thursday. Hey, Are you ready to be on the podcast Sunday? Because <laughs> I... I work Sunday. Do you work Saturday? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll have to get something done before you go into work. Please, please, please look at at least a couple of the draft picks for the Jets. Oh, I'm, I've looked at a couple. I mean, the main one that I've looked at is the offensive line. But yeah, just just <clears throat> watch that because I'd like to have a conversation about that. I still have to watch the Bengals picks, honestly, outside of the first two. Burrow and Higgins. <laughs> yeah, 
It's still going to be bad. And it's still going to be terrible. It's still going to be awful. I know. Re- remember, my team is the one team that's had back-to-back number one picks and still picked in the top ten after that. 1994-1995. Oh, I thought you were talking about now. I'm like, they didn't have a number one pick last year. I don't hmm. remember who did, but it wasn't them. What are you going to do if the new little guy doesn't like sports? <laughs> I, I play guitar. I can teach him guitar. We like to sing. We like theater. I can get involved in anything except for Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. We're going to be bringing the noisemakers and the foam fingers to the theater if he's, in, if he's into that type of thing. Woo! Radio Teddy! Yeah. Number one. I'm defeated. You killed that pirouette. <laughs> Turn, turn. Ah, uh, you fell out of that one. <laughs> yeah. Speech and debate. Oh, uh, come on. You you call that an argument? Do you really call? You, you can walk home. You know. I didn't come here to you listen to you not no speak. Dinner. No dinner. That's yeah. what you get. <laughs> you go out into the neighborhood, pick a fight with somebody. You don't come back till you win. You know what? Why don't you try to convince me why you should get dinner? That too. <laughs> It's probably a good thing that he's not going to be living with us. Well, I mean, maybe. Your little daughters are going to be very oh competitive. I saw a glimpse into my future yesterday. This dude literally had 10 girls and his wife all holding hands, walking in a line through the store, and all of them jumping up and down. I was like, Has my mom told you what she predicted oh for him yet? Oh, my God. <laughs> What? My mom thinks that Dom's going to have all daughters. No matter how many kids he has, he's always going to have a daughter. Just because he, he must give off that vibe or something like well, that. Well, but you know what? There's nothing that compares to a father and his daughter. I have to say that. And I understand that. I but think... I'd also like at least one son. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm going to love him either way. Oh, by the way, did you tell Spencer and Sammy that you drafted Teddy? <laughs> no? No. Oh. They knew what it's when they first named it or when they at the reveal. Now, I said that. Did you know they're going to call him Theo, not Teddy? I'm going to call him Toph. <laughs> I might call him James. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's going to not Hello, know. Kevin. His, <laughs> uh, he okay. thought that his name when we were at the thing. Oh, he I kept said saying Toby. Toby. Well, okay. In my defense, I just got done working a 12 hour shift. I was a little tired and it was a T name that came out of my mouth, but it wasn't the right one. <laughs> well. <laughs> You both know about changing your name, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> no. Not legally, but changing no, what but people call you. Oh. Weren't you called Nick at one point? Nicky, yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't he called Trey for a long time and isn't then isn't Trey your evil twin? Isn't he like up in Wyoming right now or something? <laughs> I said Philadelphia. Oh Philadelphia oh so he moved. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, the only reason that you ended up being Dom is because Coach Ken refused to call you Nikki. He called me Big Nick once, and I was like, ah, I don't like that. <laughs> so, yeah, Yeah. well. Uh, I learned, I didn't know that Auntie Lisa had your middle name because she gave me a check for graduation, and that was the first time that I had seen that her middle name was Kay. Yeah. It just flowed, mm-hmm. you know. Lisa Kay. Well. You know, one time your mom, Stacy, she said to me, why would you name me that? Nobody's going to think I have... Uh, Is it the way that you spelled it? No. I think it's like, she says, people are never going to really uh, 
think I'm really smart. No, that's not what she said either. But anyway, ask her what she said. She'll tell you. No, she but has she's... told us that before, but I, I can't yeah, remember like what she said. Yeah, like they won't. I can't think what was she say. She likes to say that she wanted oh, to be people named. people won't be able to relate her smartness because of her name. Something like that. I thought her original name was going to be Stephanie. Well, there, there was, they were, we were all picking. So. I was going to be Rocco. Yeah, and you should have been Rocco. Be... Out of anybody in our, in the four, the four kids, you would have been Rocco. I think out of anybody in the entire extended family. Or I could have been a Giuseppe. I could have pulled that off. Mm. I might try and bring it back, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to. What, Giuseppe? Yeah, that's a tough name to sell to a wife. <laughs> Unless she's from Sicily. <laughs> Especially Lauren. You know. <laughs> it, it might end up, if, if Lauren and I end up do having kids, it might be Giuseppe Ishmael or whatever. Oh I can't think God. of another Jewish, I can't think of another Jewish well, name. you know, it used to be that when you had your kids, your kids were named after parents. Now, in my family, for instance, who you knew as Uncle Bob Santarelli, his real name was Aurelio. Mm. I like that. So, and he was named after my mother's father. Mm. And then my then my sister, her name was Josefina, mm -hmm. and she was named after my dad's mother. So they that's that's how they were. And then of course, um, my other brother was Dominic. Yeah. And then there was Dolores, only they called her Dolorada. Ooh, I like that <laughs> too. <laughs> Everything sounds better in Italian. I know, but... And then there was Marianne, and her middle name was Arcangela, after my mother's mother. Is that, uh, I don't know. That's Carol's mom. Okay, but my parents, my mom, my, I've heard mom and aunt, what did they used to call her? Was that grandma, because I know you, your mom was grandma San. Didn't they used to call her something? I can't remember. Dad's mother? Yeah. They used to call her, uh, well, she was Grandma Fiore, but to your mother, because that was after Grandpa Fiore died and she remarried, so mm -hmm. then they called her Grandma Wass. Yeah, okay. That's for Wassinger. Grandma Wass. Yes. The Wass. Grandma Wass. I tried hard to find an Italian girl, but I can never find one. <laughs> was that important? For me, it was. For a little bit. <laughs> Just because I didn't want to convolute the bloodline anymore. Well, see, when I was going, when I was, uh, when I went to middle school, that's when I changed from public school to Catholic school. And most of the people in that school were North Denver Italian kids. Mm -hmm. So, hey, like kinda, wife beaters, <laughs> gold chains. You know, you kind of, that's what it was. <laughs> have you heard dad's friends' nick? Have you heard dad's friends' names? No, I can't. I it, was basic, it was basically their Avada mob. Mm -hmm. Because I can't think of the last names, but it was all like big, long ones that ended in a strong vowel. Macarelio or something like that. It's not one of them, but... Marcelo. Marcello. The one name that I came up with stood for his five other Italian friends. 
But then I don't think that my parent, well, I don't know. I guess I don't know too much about whether or not my mom was super proud of it. But for only a three quarter, I'm fairly proud of my Italian heritage. Well, I... we're, we're like 80 something percent, by the way. We're not a three quarter. <coughs> it's just, you know, dad won't let us do ancestry. So he always tells us you're a quarter Irish and three quarters Italian. It's like 20 bucks, 50 bucks now. I was never, I never really, um, I never really thought about it much because everybody that I knew just about was, you know, we had the Pomponio, we had Carboni, we Pomponio, <laughs> we had Santarelli, yep. we had... <laughs> Pompeii, so, yeah, yep, one. <laughs> yeah. I wish. Ooh, you know somebody named Anonymous? Jeez. Hmm, sounds French. If there are any people in our generation listening, they're going to wonder what that is. What? Why does his cell phone sound like that? <laughs> there was, um... Uh, there was like a... There was like a 16-year-old kid. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought they were leaving a message. That was just the tone for them to leave one. Uh, there's like a 16-year-old kid who got hired for the pickup department. <laughs> and I, uh, I told him he didn't know what a payphone was, but I told him <laughs> there was one time when I was at one of my friend's house where they had like the old-fashioned phone. Like not the one where it had two pieces, but the one where you had to get... Rotary? <laughs> you know that's that not that old-fashioned. Okay, but... Old, like to them it would have been really old fashioned but I was like yeah I had to use that once because my phone died and I had to call my parents to come pick me up watch this when you were a kid and you didn't know the number for something who did you call the operator what's the operator the person with the, like all the cores saying one moment please <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, okay so there's not as much of a generational gap no I saw it in a movie I don't know if that's actually how it works or not but I think for a while probably you just had a random cord. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, it just, that's what you'd do. You'd call the operator or look in the phone book. What's a phone book? <laughs> yeah, what's a phone book? <laughs> that's the place where all the uh, Italian small businesses are. Well, that's not no. important right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. I was watching Ellen one day. And she had this girl. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. She she gave her a, a one of the phone. rotary phones and had her dial, and she <laughs> dialed before and picking up the phone. And, and <laughs> then she says, "Well, you have to look the number up in the phone book." The what? And it was like exactly. It was like almost like, "Well, what's a phone book?" And then she says, "Well, so she's going through and she says." Well, what is that? Is that a car parts store or is that something? Is that something? And then she says, you know, I mean, it was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, but then while I was out finishing up the garage, Dom was in here giving you a tutorial on Netflix. Exactly. But there would be yeah. a five-year-old kid that could probably be able to navigate Netflix now, too. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just totally... Kind of a sad statement to make. That just means that the parent gives them an iPad and... Just watch Netflix instead of doing anything. You realize that we're close to 5G, and once 5G happens, there, that will be. That's what so that's how self-driving cars are going to be a thing, because 5G Ooh. is enough of a network where they would be able to communicate with each other. See, but I don't know if I would ever necessarily get a self-driving like at least for right now, because I like driving. 
it just might not be a choice at some point. Well, yeah, okay, but until then, I'm probably. It would be like the people who used to ride horses, and then when the car came out, well, I'm not going to switch to that. Well, might not have a choice at some point. Yeah, it's a changing world, and it changes so fast. Well, I I think it continues to just pick up speed because you had a few changes while you were a mother and raising your family, and then (laughs) um, my dad had a pager. Yeah. That was when you needed, when somebody wanted to call you, they would buzz your pager, and then you would have to go dial the number at a payphone. Is it like getting a text message? No, no, there was no text. It was it, it was would just, just come through as the number. <laughs> and then you would have to go dial that number and call them. I know what you're talking about, but no, it wasn't. Well, yeah, because like, when you get a text message, your phone vibrates. So I kind right. of... Yeah, I think that's where they probably got that And that's that what that from. did. It would vibrate. <laughs> but it would just come through and there was no area codes. Because you used to not be able to call... Through through the different mm. the different sections. I was gonna say, how are you gonna dial the phone? You just gonna guess? Well, You're that's why all the old the movies go five five five, or one two four. Yeah, because there was no need for an area code. Because if you're gonna make a phone call, you better be close enough that you could pretty much be able to yell across the porch, "Hey!" And you know, we used to wear penny loafers all the time, Ooh. but we had dimes in our in our shoes in there. You know, you know what a penny loafer is? Oh, yeah. It's, where, where you it's could a put a little yeah. point in your shoe? Yeah. And we used to put dimes in there that way in case something you ever needed to make a phone call, you had a dime. <laughs> you could use a payphone. I remember when they took the payphone, when they started taking payphones out, and it was like... There's still payphone in Gunnison. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if it works because I've never yeah. uh, went to go, went to try and make a call on it, but I did find one in Gunnison. You have a collect call from. Mama needs you to pick me up at the station bike. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you don't. I'm coming, mijo. <laughs> and at the end, they, you know, sometimes they would say, you know, your time ran out. And that was usually long distance calls. Mm-hmm. And we had to make long distance calls on the weekends or after seven o'clock at night because that's when it was cheaper. <laughs> and so, Six like, we would, call, we would call. <laughs> We'd call Baltimore, and it would be after 9 mm-hmm. at night, so we talked back there. But, you know, I didn't even get a ballpoint pen until 7th grade. Yeah. So, oh, because felt tip is older than ballpoint. Huh? Felt tip no, is, it, used, you, it used to be the metal. No, it used to be an inkwell. Ink. Oh. You used to put the pen <laughs> oh in the God. ink. Felt tip is not older than ballpoint. Isn't that wow. something? Yeah. I mean, I that to me is just amazing how fast. You're the only one that's been born in this millennium. Here in the room, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was like, man. I know, it's not like 2001 hit, and they and stopped I, having babies. I can remember when TV first came out, and of course, you know, TVs then and it it was an expensive thing. <laughs> but fix the bunny ears. <laughs> on the next block over from where we lived, over on on Tion Street. There was a place called Ellis Appliance, and it was the whole front was glass, and they would have the TV on in there because they were selling them, and people got their chairs, yeah, they just go watch through the window, and would sit out in front of the building watching the TVs inside. <coughs> they were expensive, and I'm there sure was like it started out. There was only one. They channel. were like fifty bucks. They were expensive. It was one channel. Remember what she just told us about Grandpa's first job, $1.67 an hour? 
When at, when and that was to support a family. Huh? One station, and when they got to two stations, oh, that was really great. And people would actually sit there and watch the test pattern. With the colors? <laughs> no, because like it was the... black and white. Well, okay, but... <laughs> Ooh, that's exciting. You know, and that's pretty much it. You I know? was thinking it... of the, the, like the DVD thing that bounces around the screen. Yeah, this was just a... Oh, okay. Just a thing. Well, that, yeah, like you know, that's kind just... of the same thing though. People watch it and see if it's gonna hit into the corner of the screen. <laughs> well, no, they were just watching it because they were amazed that they could watch something happening that they weren't at. You know, and then, you know, of course, when we got our first TV, gosh, that was like because we used to listen to things on the radio, like Molly McGee. The video killed the radio star. <laughs> mm. Was a. Fever McGee and Molly, that's what it was. And, you know, it, you got by that radio Have and you, list, sat there and listened to those shows like if they were... Did you listen to the radio broadcast where they were just doing like a, a story or a simulation of an attack or something? Yeah. Yeah. They it used was to so take, real. They used to take the radio seriously enough that they there was one time where they did... Uh, what was the subject of it? Because I can't remember the specific it details. Was, uh, it was the end of the world yeah. type thing. The radio was doing like, it was a fictional thing, but nobody, they didn't say that it was fictional. And they said that the world was ending, somebody was attacking, uh, be by your loved ones, and everybody took that as serious as if they went on the news tomorrow and said, we're, your Siri is weird. Yeah, well, my phone's kind of messed up. They took it as as if the president was on the TV saying we're at war with this person. It was a, it was the most interesting program you've ever heard. People were taking their money out of the banks and preparing <laughs> for actual <coughs> fights, like looting and riots. What the heck was that guy's name? I can't, I can't think of his name. But And you used to recognize people based on their voice because of the radio well i mean i recognize coach logan because of his voice because he sounds the exact same in person as he does on the radio but coach logan would have been a, considered like a on the same status as a television star right no I didn't, back then yeah i i still think that he's on that status but that's just because i i enjoy that i like him and kevin harlan too you know the guy that does the the chiefs have you ever watched the christian nicoye highlights i might have but i don't he's the guy with the really deep like I can't. I can't describe his voice. It's just different. Text message, girl. <laughs> that's my alarm. That's why I, keep... I know. Oh, that's Roxy saying me too. Yeah. Okay. He does basketball and and football. That's not him. No, it's an ad. And since I don't, I I only have the one anchor sponsorship. I'm not going to give anybody else any free airtime. No free shoutouts. But you know you could watch, you could listen to something on the radio and be scared to death, like we used to listen to Inner Sanctum, which and they started with a creaking door mm -hmm. opening and. Well, because you all you hear all you do is hear it, but your mind your yeah, imagination exactly. takes Some, over. Yeah, exactly. Which so, is what used to like we used to have a tape of the Minotaur somebody getting like chased around the yeah, Minotaur mom, place or yeah. something it like used that. to be we used to listen and to stories on tape the hell out of me same thing with the insane clown posse song because I didn't I have not I still haven't watched the video so I don't know what goes on but listening to the beginning of it scared the hell out of what me what is it insane it was, clown posse it's a very it's a <clears throat> vulgar 
rap group, but oh. it ended. We ended up finding it because that's normally what happens with kids is that you think that they're not going to find something and then they find the worst thing. We ended up finding it, and it scared the both of us. This is Kevin Harlan. Oh yeah. Did you listen to the? Uh, did you listen to the game where the cat ran out onto the field for Monday Night Football? For, he's 20, 15, yeah. 10, 5, touchdown. As yeah. good as Dave Logan is, Kevin Harlan, I think, is on another level. I want because both he of them did. to be on the same broadcasting team. That'd be sweet. Well, but they both the play same, by play. Yeah, they do the same job. But he was... I, I think that Dave Logan does a really good job at play-by-play. Mm-hmm. He's good because he has he's at you can tell he's actually a fan of the Broncos and wants. Yeah, he's, he's kind of Homer, but like I still get, I say it all the time, but I still get goosebumps. Like I still get goosebumps when I hear the Denver Holds and his voice cracks mm-hmm. because I used to watch that I used to watch that VHS tape more times than I care to admit. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is like he knows he knows that he's a celebrity. I mean, obviously he does. That's kind of a stupid thing to say. But he doesn't walk around acting like he is. He's he's a, he's a really nice guy. Like, I mean, I might be a little biased, and I don't know if you feel the same way because you, you, you were coached by him too, but I might be a little biased just because I was coached by him for four years, and I had never had any problems with him. No, I, I think <clears throat> that's the funny thing is, is that when we were younger and before I met him, I put him on the same level as like a movie star. Because I would, he, I heard him every week, for every single game. <laughs> I heard him every week for Wake every up, game. <laughs> but um, we think that he's a celebrity. Celebrity, but when I talk to people who aren't from Colorado, they don't know who he is because they don't ever listen to him. Well, yeah, but. So yes, he's a celebrity, well, but he's also cashed in on the fact that he's a local celebrity. So that's why he has Team Dave Logan with all the different companies. Well, I mean, but think about it this way: if you were at some point to get a radio show like he has, I mean, wouldn't you try to endorse as many things as you can? Yeah, but I, what I'm saying is that when we were younger, we thought that he was a national celebrity and everybody knew him. But he's more of a local celebrity. Yeah, but I bet I mean cuz he plays People for, know him because he played. And all that even stuff. Yeah. People know him because he played, but, but not, not for being on the radio. No. I, I get what you're saying. So if, if somebody else like if I I were to talk to Dan who's from South Carolina and say you remember when Dave Logan said this, he would hear it because NFL Network when they put their highlights together, they use the radio guys a lot, which right. is but um well, it wouldn't be the same for... I mean, now that I think about it, when I went up to school and everybody was like, oh, who was your high school football coach? And I was like, oh, yeah, no, it was Dave Logan. Like, it was awesome. And they were like... Why? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great. You think that it was awesome, but why? Because nobody knew. I mean, all of them were from, like, Washington, California, all that, you know, all over the place. So they just didn't know. I thought I was going to flex on them a little bit. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, coach was Dave Logan. Don't worry about it. No. Perspective. No, it wasn't the same thing. Yeah, perspective. It's all about perspective. The California, Some of the California kids did know because senior year we went out and we beat. So do you think he'll be there for the last two years that Ed's there? <clears throat> he said that he's going to try to make it all the way through the Pilatus, <clears throat> which jokes on him. That'd be funny, though. 
Ed gets through. There's another plotter that comes into the mix. Never mind. Excuse you. I'm not going to do... I'm not saying you... Okay. For the record, I'm not saying that there's some type of surprise or anything like that going on. Yes. I just want to put that in there because I know... Mom, you're not a grandmother yet. I know that mom and dad are going to be listening to this. That is not... Not dad. Huh? Not dad. Okay. I know dad doesn't gonna, like it. I know mom's going to be listening yeah, to this. Come. That is not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> he tunes to throw us that out, out pretty good. <clears throat> so when... And since this is the way that I like to do the show where we just sit around and have a conversation and that's what he tunes out normally, why would I sit oh. there and, and deliberately listen to you if that's what's going to happen? He also thinks that some of the stuff that I talk about is dumb and he's more worried about me saying something and ending up hurting my chances for a career. But I feel like I've been fairly upfront with people. And when, like, the first, when did you turn the first episode off that I had Kyle do the advisory? Two seconds. Yep. See? What? I had Kyle do an advisory warning for one of the episodes because it was, when I listened back to it, we had gone gone a lot farther than I remember that we did. So I said, okay, we've edited out what I know none of us want out there. I would like you to go in there and put an advisory on advisory warning on this. I, I know. You don't I know you don't listen. It's fine. No, I listen to some of them, but like some of them are just not necessarily as interested in as others. I like I listen to, to the ones that mom. Yeah. I listen to I, I listen to, the ones to everyone and then <clears throat> my phone was dead or it died or and you know what I really need a longer cord yeah well my mom doesn't listen as much now that she's not going into the office because she's sitting at home and there's a ton of stuff going on right um but I uh, for that episode since I knew that it was vulgar vulgar and not everybody would be interested in it I had him do an advisory warning and I said I need you to say these things and then you do whatever you want at the end and he did and he made sure that everybody knew what it was going to be like. So, But at least I warned people before it. At least I didn't have Grandma sit there and, and listen to something that she probably wasn't going to want to listen to. It's true, but... Not everybody has the same sensibilities as I do. Not everybody thinks the same things I think are funny. Except for me. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes I, may, I think I make the best jokes and you don't even laugh. I texted Dan and Kyle and said, for as funny as you guys think I am, I'm hard-pressed to get a chuckle here. Sometimes. It was, um... Oh, <laughs> he had never played Call of Duty before until last night. And so what, like, his thinking was, I'm not bad at the game, Ed's pretty good at the game. He was going to try to put the two of us against Ed in one of the things that we were doing. I double-crossed him, I double-crossed Ed, <laughs> and I still lost. <laughs> Ed took it personally. Ed took it way personally. <laughs> he was so mad. Oh, man. And we were having fun. It was the first time that the three of us had, been play had played a video game, and we all enjoyed it while we were playing it, and then he ruined it because Ed took the double-crossing seriously. Now, but Ed and then he took it out on us. <laughs> yeah, I know. He took it out on us bad. He, But he wasn't, he wasn't even looking for you. He kept going around looking for me. Because he knew he didn't have to look for me. <laughs> I know where Jimmy's at. Let me find him. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. It was also kind of funny that he was using a sniper at point blank range. But, you know. Hey, buddy. <laughs> I ran into the same room three separate times. I know. And he was in there every single time. <laughs> you guys better be careful. You may going to have to hire him someday. I know. What? Lawyer. 
I don't know what you'd get in trouble for. I might have to hire him probably sooner than later. <coughs> it also depends on what kind of law he practices. Well, depending on what I do, because I could get a minor, and as long as I get a teaching license, I'd be able to teach in whatever subject my minor is. So if I wanted to get a minor in historical content or something like that, I'd be able to teach political science. And I'd be able to bring him in as like a guest speaker if he really wanted to, but I don't really know if I want to take that kind of minor. Why would you bring a lawyer in for poli-sci? I was thinking government and politics. Okay. I don't know. He's probably, he has the chance to be in the National Honor Society. He's in the National Honor Society. Uh, and because see, he's in see the, what I miss? Well, because he's in the National Honor Society, he's going to be able to join the NSCS, National, National Scholar Collegiate, or National, some, whatever it's called, the and, NSCS and, that I got put into. Okay. National Student Collegiate Society or something like that. Um, but because he's in the NHS, he's going to have a really good chance of getting into that. Remember when he used to say he wanted to be a ninja? He still wants to be a ninja. He's going he's, he's gonna to be like Batman. Lawyer by day, ninja by night. Yeah, something like that. Assassin. Not a ninja, an assassin. Do you think he would have been able to make it through the academy? Because there was a, a time where he was talking about wanting to go to the Air Force. I mean, he probably could have, but I don't think he would have liked it as much as he seems to have, thought. He seems to have thought so. That's just my opinion. Thank you for what it's worth. I enjoy because now I have a lot of friends that were veterans because I met Kyle and then he knew all, all these veterans because they have um, veteran events at the school for the non-traditional students that come through. And I enjoy listening about it, but then everybody basically has the same... Either everybody had the same experience as you where they got in expecting one thing and got 100% different or um, like one of the other guys that was there who went into the military, was in the Marines, but didn't necessarily see the kind of action that he wanted to. So then that makes him upset because he didn't get what he wanted out of it. So not that he saw something that he didn't think was going on, but he didn't get to see enough. Uh, yeah, be cra- I mean, not crazy because obviously the Marines are very talented people, but you got to be a, a certain kind of person if you're going to go into the Marines. I mean, you, you got to you gotta really want to be there. That's Wes is going into the Marines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going into the SEALs. Mm-hmm. I, thought was, I thought it was the SEALs, not the Marines. Or am I making that up? I think Annapolis has a part oh, as a part where you can go to either. I or. heard Marines. Yeah, so but... the way that it works is like as soon as you graduate, you have basically three different tracks. You could just go into the Navy, you could go into the Navy SEALs, or you can go into the Marines. But ninety, not ninety percent, quite a few of them just decide that they want to go into the Navy, and then like ten percent go to the SEALs, ten percent go to the Marines. Something like that. Yeah, I don't know, but he I know he's going into the Marines. Be cool for him. I didn't I don't know. I didn't it, I didn't know I don't know him very well, but from what I knew of him, I, it surprised me that he went to Annapolis. Yeah, I don't know. Wes, um I mean, uh, Matt also's in the Marines now. Matt. I think he started out Navy Kramer, you know, Uncle Bob's grandson. Mm. 
He started out, he went to the academy, Naval Academy, and he started out Navy, but now he's in the Marines. I just enjoy listening and talking and learning. And that's what I tend to do most of the time. And then crack inappropriate jokes. <laughs> then I... Yeah, and we were watching an episode. That's why we were talking about Will and Grace before, because we were watching the episodes that I had missed being in Gunnison. And uh, Jack goes to the loan officer to try and buy a gay bar that's going to go under. And uh, he makes a, a penis joke. And then the loan officer goes, I don't care for that kind of humor. And Jack pulls out his note cards and he goes, Well, then uh, I'm out of material. <laughs> and I thought, Wow. It's exactly what happens to me most of the time. I feel like there's a the the amount of new listeners that I do get to the podcast probably go, oh, well I don't like that. Well, then you probably just want to turn it off now. Well, I th- thank you for coming on the show, Grandma. I think that this You're is going to be. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I think that this is going to be a good one. I enjoy pe- having new people on. And people in the family because I know that I can talk openly with them. And I'm trying to get better at interviewing. And I feel like you have to get better at interviewing people that you've never met and interviewing people that you do know. I would agree with that. I agree with you. Because I learn different things every time that I talk to you and my mom. Most of the time, it's about either great-grandma or great-grandpa or grandpa. Um I did learn the other day that if we hadn't caulked the shed before we painted it, Grandpa Fury would have had lightning strike the shed or something like that. That's what my dad said. Your grandfather would roll over in his grave, and I went, Grandpa Pilato? And he's like, no, Grandpa Fury. If you didn't what? Caulk the shed before you painted oh, it. Oh, listen. Yeah. I, yeah. And then when I got ready for my interview, Mom, the Santa. Yeah. He doesn't know how to tie a tie first off, so my mom and I had to show him. But also the <laughs> licking the static out. It works. Oh. I did it all the time. It works. Yeah, no, I just never have I to missed. dress up. <laughs> That's I also... my one regret is that your grandfather passed so so young and never got to really know all of his grandchildren. Well, I also found out that if middle names dictated who you were like in the family, oh apparently that's me. <laughs> I know, but then I got his body type. True. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I don't like. It's, it's like they you took you and my body. You got dad's body type. I got Grandpa Fury's body type. He had a very long trunk, but short legs. Oh, I thought he was three foot by because th- he was six foot, right? My mom used to say. My mom always likes to say that he was three foot by three foot, where he was. Well, I think three he... foot from waist to head, and then three foot from hips to floor. Well, been. But he was he had a much longer body because, like, he, if he bought a suit jacket, he had to buy a long. Mm. But his legs were very short. I'm pretty stumpy. <laughs> but, you know, hey. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. I'm pretty stumpy. <laughs> well, I know it. Trust me. I'm very aware. I'm, I'm not that. I'm not long, but I'm not short either. I'm not in the middle. Ed's. don't know where Ed came from. Ed might end up being 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, he's not going to let Ed. you forget about it. I know. Also, he can grow a beard now. I don't like that. 
don't take this the wrong way, but he's kind of like his the shape of his beard is a little bit better than yours. No, I'm saying you don't like that. Imagine how I felt when you had a beard. <laughs> That's me. That's my one thing though. I can't I can't pull off the goatee yet. I tried. It didn't look bad, but it made me look like I was 35. <laughs> well, I will get my checkbook. <laughs> um. Please follow the show on Twitter at COAPod73. Follow me Sorry, on Twitter. Yes, yeah, do that one more time. She didn't catch that. Follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Jimmy Pilato. Instagram at Proud underscore WAP. Dom is on Instagram at Dom Pilato63. What else? What uh, else do you want? Twitter at Dom Pilato. Um, TikTok at Dom Pilato63. And. Follow the UNC Bears as long as we have a college football season this year. So. Even if we don't. Even if we don't, yeah. Oh, and uh, rest in peace, Coach Hoff. Yeah, um, it's a tra- tragic thing to have happen. Also, if you're a former Broncos fan, you should be paying attention to them because Ed McCaffrey is their new head coach, if you weren't aware. Um, and then if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review so that we get put into the algorithm and more people can figure that out about the show instead of just the people who follow us on follow me on social media but that has been this episode of center of attention thank you guys for listening